really big. Yeah, it was on sale, so. Hello, I'm Sawyer, the husband. I'm Max, the wife. And this is Explaining D&D, where a husband attempts to explain D&D to his wife. Or Dungeons and Dragons, for those of you who haven't caught on to the abbreviation yet. Uh, what's new? How are you doing? I'm good. You're good? Yes. I'm, I'm good too. It's the end of the day and I'm at home with my husband drinking wine. In our studio. In our studio, a.k.a. our living room. Okay. Well, I was going to have an air of mystique for the <laughs> listeners, but, uh, you know, yeah, we're in our living room uh, with a Pinot Grigio, which I'm totally not saying correctly. A Pinot Grigio. Grigio from Behringer, which was on sale and is quite large. Um, so we kind of just had a, a big thing happen. Yesterday. Oh. <laughs> or yes. have you forgotten so quickly? It was our first anniversary. Our, our first anniversary. We have officially been married for one year. And one day. And one day now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Two days by the time this episode comes out. Along with our bonus Father's Day episode. Yeah. One year, exact, one year ago exactly. As of right now. We were... Driving to Bakersfield, Bakersfield. California <laughs> to stay at an Airbnb for a few days before we went down to Disneyland. <clears throat> so Right, we did spend two days in Bakersfield. Yep. During the week of our honeymoon. Which was... Not... For those who don't know, Bakersfield is the armpit of California. Yes. If you do live in Bakersfield, um, you know, we don't mean anything by it. I do. She does. You live in the armpit of California. Uh, and we sure, we're, we're sure you're like very nice people and whatever, but we do not like Bakersfield. The one highlight of Bakersfield, California is Cloud Nine Coffee. Oh, yeah. Which uh, is like a coffee truck. It's a coffee truck. It's a coffee shop in a truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was set up in like a bank parking lot when we went. Super, super good. Everything else, um, pretty armpitty. It's the pits. Yeah. The armpits. Yeah. And uh, the only reason we were in Bakersfield, I think, was because our reservation on what we were doing for our honeymoon uh, was pulled out from underneath us at the last minute, I believe. Remember, we were not initially going to go to Disneyland. Oh, right. We were going to go do something else. But why would you ever choose anything over Disneyland? I don't know. The Lord knew it was a, a lapse in judgment and decided to switch things around so that we would be there. So, that's pretty good. We have some new things with this podcast as well coming up. Um, we have an Instagram page now. We do. We have an Instagram page. If you want to look us up on Instagram, our Instagram tag is explaining D-N-D, not D and sign D. It's explaining D, the letter N. And D, and our email is the same at gmail.com. Explaining D&D at gmail.com. And we kind of wanted to open up a couple of different things. Something new that we're going to be doing is as soon as Maxie gets her um, monster uh, spelling, 
um, and we get through that portion, she will draw what she thinks the monster looks like, and it will then be posted alongside, hopefully, an image of what the actual monster looks like on our Instagram page. Um, but we wanted to extend to you, the listeners, if anyone wants to submit drawings of these monsters, whether they are uh, comedic or serious, to our Instagram page, and if we get enough submissions, then we will feature one or two of them on our Instagram page as well. And bonus points if you've also had a glass of wine to yourself before attempting to (laughs) bring these things to life on paper. Um, The other thing that we wanted to talk about, I think, in extending kind of a artwork call out there is... If anyone is interested in doing a logo for us, um, we would be really, really into that. I think that would be really, really cool. And you can also you can submit that to our email or um, direct message our Instagram account for that as well. And who knows? You know, we might get one or two people. We have artist friends. You know who you are. Um, but and you know who you are not as well. As well, exactly. <laughs> um, same thing goes for any kind of intro music that you guys think would be cool, or if you know someone who's into audio and recording, would put something kind of fun and um, themed together, um, that would also be super, super cool. So, um, yeah, follow us on Instagram and stay tuned. Um, are you ready for your monster? I've never been more ready. You've never been more ready. Okay. Your monster for this week is called a remoraz. A remoraz? Remoraz. Okay. You have to say it like Antonio Banderas. Remoraz. Remoraz. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are you ready to draw it? Yes. Okay. Then we'll be back when she's finished drawing. So you finished? Yes. Okay. What I am looking at right now <laughs> is is it, it's a drawing of a man squid thing. He has no. It's three a drawing horns. of a remoraz. It is a draw. It's a drawing, an artist's rendition of Rodrigo the remoraz. Rodrigo. Rodrigo, and he has a little. He has a little speech bubble that says "Ole." He has three horns, or two horns and a crown. No, two horns and a mohawk. Two horns and a mohawk. A very angrily furrowed unibrow. A tank top? Right? No, a bikini top. It's a bikini top, and he has four tentacled arms, one of which is grasping a fat, stubby sword. All right, well. He has a four-pack. be careful with how we talk about he this. Has, he has a four-pack. Uh, so remorabs of yeah of of abs. Of, of abs remorabs, and a sash with pants and then curling tentacled feet. Yep. So what made you go the tentacle route? Um, I was just trying to think of things that, <laughs> like when I thought of D and D monsters, what did I think of? And they're usually horned. Um. But I put the mohawk because there is, um, I wanted him to have hair, but I didn't want to spend a lot of time on his hair, so I just drew a mohawk. 
And then I thought of tentacles, and so I gave him some tentacles. But he couldn't just be an octopus. He needed to have... He needed to be a humanoid creature because I believe that Remoraz, Remorazi, Remorazes, Remoraz are um, humanoid creatures. I'm glad that you went through like every uh, plural form that you could think of <laughs> just to cover your bases with that. I just want to be right. <laughs> um, I hate not knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and um, I think they're strong. And really what I was going for was, like, Rodrigo the Remoraz is on spring break and... Hence the bikini top. Hence the bikini top and the abs. Yes. Everybody on spring break has abs. But, um, yeah. And then I thought, since he has tentacle arms, he may as well have tentacle feet. And he's holding a sword because he needs something to fight with. Obviously. Obviously. Except he's holding it by the blade, so really he's just fighting himself <laughs> at this point. I didn't even point. think of that. So how do you how do you think Remoraz is spelled? Uh, R E M O R A Z, Remoraz. So so close. You <sighs> missed one letter. It's an H, isn't it? It's always a silent it H. It is an H. Ah! You're correct. It's R E M O R H A Z E S. Oh, and an S. I missed an S as well. An E S, but you know. That's that's the plural oh. form. A remoraz is just the regular oh. form. So it is remorazes. It is remorazes. Yes, okay. remorazes. But again, you have to say it like Antonio Banderas. Remorazes. Remorazes. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you ready to see what they actually look like? Yes. Okay, you have to describe it to our listeners. Okay. All right. I was not <laughs> close by any means. Um, okay. Rest assured, Rodrigo will be posted to our new Instagram page so that Rodrigo. you can see. Rodrigo! Young Rodrigo! Um, so, he's more of a centipede. Uh, he has a scary mouth. <laughs> he's a very, very big centipede with spikes on his back, and he's blue and orange. Um, his eyes remind me of... Uh, actually, his whole face reminds me of the hide... The Hydra from Hercules. Ah. Yeah. And his teeth and his eyes. And then he also has... Disney's Hercules, right? Disney's Hercules, yeah. And he also has um, uh, antenna, antennae, antenna, sprouting out from the top of his face, but also the bottom of his face. Mm -hmm. And he has little spikes coming off of his cheekbones and also one for his chin and then two coming out of his jaw. Yep. And he has little... And since he's a centipede, actually, the bottom half of his body is a centipede, and the top half of his body is like a cobra. Yes, I would say that's a good way to describe it. Where do you think these things live? The ground. The ground, yes. yes. But in the Arctic ground, beneath the ice. Mm. And there's a reason for this. How do they get this. out from the ice? Well, as you noticed, his coloration on his back is orange. And that is because Remoraz have this furnace-like heat inside of their bodies at all times, which allows them to melt and burrow through the ice. Okay. And what they prey on generally, if they're not hunting down adventurers, are elk, polar bears, 
um, other creatures that are like cutting into their territory, humanoids that are unlucky enough to step on the ice that they are hibernating underneath. So we can thank Remorazes for um, the endangerment of polar bears? I, I think we can. I think they're the main culprit. Forget global warming. The Remorazes. It's, it's all about the Remorazes. Rodrigo, come on. Yes. Okay. Um, they, the antenna that they have on the top of their head and on kind of coming off the bottom half of their jaw is so that they can sense vibrations in the ice above Such them. A good vibration. Um, pretty much. Um, <laughs> especially for that, like that song I think plays every time in a Remoraz's head when it's about to go get food because it's like, I'm feeling the vibrations, the good vibrations, and I'm going to go Feeling eat. those good vibrations. I'm feeling those good vibes, man. <laughs> so I'm going to chow down in just a second here. Um, they are particularly dangerous to adventurers because they have an ability which is literally called swallow. And there are not... I also have... Oh. <laughs> you know? Um... <laughs> And I'm talking about food. Oh, sure. Okay. I'm so glad that you cleared that up for our listeners. This is a family podcast. This is a family-friendly podcast, and I apologize for my wife. Um, If you can't swallow, you'd better go to the doctor. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, not untrue. Um, Roderico, however... uh, I think Remorads are the only monster that I know of in any of the D&D books or lore that have this ability. Because literally if it succeeds, if you don't um, have like uh, an ability to escape its grapple, it just swallows you whole completely. And the only way that you're coming out is if one of your companions deals 30 points of damage to it in like one hit. And then it goes and spits you out. Mm. Or if it's killed in time for you to get out of it. Does it grow another head if you cut its head off? It does not. Alright. It does not do that. Um, but they generally live in the Arctic and they burrow through the ice when they feel vibrations going on. And because this internal heat is so strong, they can kind of just melt through the ice. It gets faster when they're awake and not asleep so that they can move quickly. But they are Thank huge, you. gigantic, centipedic monsters. Um... And you notice that there's a there's a little stat block for young Remorazes too. Young Rodricos running around. Mm-hmm. Um, Ew, are they like a larva? They're a little bit more like a larva than the full-grown ones are. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Because these things lay eggs, you know? Like they're insects. They're okay. insect-like, so they lay eggs in the ice. Okay. Um, and in D&D, there are giants. Right. And there are several different kinds of giants, one of them being a frost giant. Okay. And young Remoraz uh, eggs are prized by these uh, frost giants because if you are able to get your hands on one that has not hatched yet or is newly hatched, you can train it to guard a specific place. So they're very highly prized by the frost giants that normally live out in the Arctic wilderness because... um, if they can find one that's a baby or that hasn't hatched yet, they generally set it up to guard their fortress or their cave or their lair or wherever they kind of call home, their treasure hoard, uh, so that pesky adventurers basically don't uh, don't enter. Or if they do enter, there's a big ruckus made, and some of them probably get swallowed. A big ruckus. 
pretty much. Rodrigo the Ruckus Maker. Rodrigo the Ruckus Making Remoraz with Remorabs. With Remorabs. Um, so yeah, that's a Remoraz. They're pretty cool. They have 195 hit points when cool. they're full grown. Cool, but hot. But also hot. Hot and then cold. Yes and then no. They're like in the new... and they're out. They're up and they're down. <laughs> All right, you went the Katy, per- per- the little Katy Perry route. I was going to go the Jonas Brothers route. Well, I think that's always going to be the case with you. I always want to go the Jonas Brothers route. Yes. They're both cool and burning up. Yep. <laughs> My masculinity is taking a few hits, I think. Why? It's, it's the Jonas Brothers. It's the Joe Bros, man. I yeah. can't compete with that. What the Jabras. Not good. Which sounds like a D&D character. The Jabras? Mm-hmm. Maybe your next D&D character should be a guy named Jabras. Maybe we should have the Jonas Brothers on our podcast. Everybody share this and tag them. That is totally going to happen someday. Perfect. I wonder what the likelihood is of any of them ever playing D&D in their life, ever. We don't know if they haven't. We don't know if they haven't. They're pretty cool people, it seems like, and they're celebrities, so something tells me they haven't. (laughs) Something tells me they have no idea. But, um, you know, on the off chance, maybe they did. Who knows? I don't know, but we we sure could invite them over for their first... Their first session. Their first session. If anyone is equipped to DM for literally anyone or anything at any point in time. You know what? It's moi. Guess who goes to Belmont University? Who? Frankie Jonas. Wow. And for those who don't know, Belmont University is in Nashville and Frankie Jonas is the bonus Jonas. The bonus Jonas. The fourth Jonas brother. Yes. And he goes there and he's. So he's very close. He's like half an hour away from us. So why don't we get all four Jonas Brothers? (laughs) I Googled it. It kind of scares me a little bit that you know that. Why don't we get all four Jonas Brothers up in our apartment to play some D&D? I'm, you know, I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. We can make him some ramen. Make him some ramen or tacos. I make really good tacos. We could get, we could all drink wine together except Frankie because he's only 18. Yeah. Mixed company. That's not really that great. I don't know how their wives would feel about it. I think literally all three of them are married now, right? Mm. Or is Joe engaged? Yeah. No, they're all they're all engaged. Yeah, they're no, all... Joe's gotten married like three hundred times to the same woman. Well, <laughs> but to the same woman to Sophie <laughs> Turner. They have a, they've had a bazillion weddings. Really? Yeah. Like they got divorces, or they just have kept having no, weddings. No, they just keep having weddings. Very interesting. <laughs> Maybe we should do that. Oh wait. Oh, wait, what? That would take a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. We're not Joe Jonas's. It is our plan to get best friend married whenever, if ever, we go to Vegas. Because apparently that's a thing you can do there. Right. Which we learned from one of our favorite podcasts. Yeah, shout out. A shout out to, and that's why we drink. Shout out to Em and Christine. Em and Christine, you have inspired us to do this. The real home. Really, we can't thank you enough. We're sure you have no idea who we are. Maybe they should come over for D and D. Maybe, I think let's Can just let's have everyone over. They would for D&D. definitely drink wine with us, except you, M. Obviously. M probably would not. M would M would have M would want to go to the milkshake bar that's opening up where I'm working soon. Yes. Um, which we won't give a shout out to because I do not want to triangulate my location. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, did you know that there's a version of Dungeons and Dragons called 
a West Marches campaign? No. I don't know any of that. It, <laughs> a West Marches campaign... I've never done one, but I feel like I should do one. It's when you have more than, like, 10 people in a group. If you have, like, 12 to 20 to more people that want to play, mm-hmm. but no one can meet at all the same time, you have one or two people that DM consistently, mm-hmm. and then you just build the story around that many people playing in one like adventure at one time so if only certain people can show up they go oh well they stayed behind you guys are doing this other thing instead so you have like 20 to 30 people all doing the same quest line but in different bits and pieces like give people starting on different dungeon levels or it's pretty crazy sounds like a lot of work it does sound like a lot of work i love a challenge so anyway we are going to be moving into a new segment of explaining D&D, and we're going to be talking about magic items. What do you think about that? Oh, okay. Okay? Okay. You're willing to try? Yes. All right. So the first magic item we're going to be talking about this evening, mm-hmm. one of two. Is called an immovable rod. <laughs> okay. It sounds very, very bad. But it's actually very useful. Um, it is I think an, most would say. I think most would say. <laughs> <laughs> an Family podcast. An immovable rod is, is quite a useful item to have around <laughs> in your back pocket, you know? Oh. Um, or your front pocket, maybe. <laughs> front pocket. Oh, front pocket, probably. <laughs> it is an uncommon item, um, which on the scale, I think it goes common, uncommon, wondrous, legendary. It's not a legendary artifact. item. Artifact is like the most amazing, powerful thing you can have. So it's uncommon. It's like, oh, these, these are kind of laying around every now and then. Um, this is the picture of it right here it has two horses on it i don't know why because there's nothing to do with horses at all the flat iron rod has one button on the end and you can use an action to press the button which causes the rod to become magically fixed in place until you or another creature uses an action to push the button again the rod doesn't move even if it is defying gravity so you can literally hold it theoretically that is because none of this is real but I'm explaining it to you. What? None of it's real. What's not real? D- Dungeons and Dragons is not real. Oh. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> I am really bummed about it literally every single day of my life. <laughs> every single dang day. But even if this thing is defying gravity, you can click the button and it will just stay there. Uh, it can hold up to 8,000 pounds of weight. So... Okay. Any more weight, weight that exceeds 8,000 pounds, causes it to deactivate and just fall. Uh, A creature can use an action to make a DC 30 strength check, which is like near impossible, and move the fixed rod up to 10 feet on a success. So an immovable rod is truly immovable. And there's lots of different things that you can use it for. But before we get into what you can use it for, what would you rate this magic item? On a scale of one to, I'm using it all the time. It's my favorite newfangled toy thing. 
Like a six. Like a six? Yeah. I think that's a little low for it. Why do you, why, why a six? Because like, you, it's just a rod and it can just be where you want it to be. Yeah. I guess, maybe if you're trying to, how long is it? Um, We're all dying to know. It's probably, <laughs> right. it's probably like three to four feet long. Let's see. Three, three feet long. Not, hmm. Like if you're trying to walk across something, but if you're trying to walk across something that's three or four feet long, you just jump. You wouldn't need to walk on it. I'm yeah. Just, I'm trying to think of situations where you would need to just put a rod somewhere. Just... Well, an aspect of Dungeons and Dragons which doesn't always get uh, spotlit, but can be pretty common depending on what type of game you're playing, is oftentimes you need to affix rope to places. Or you find yourself falling in open space and you will die if you do not have it. So if you can pull out an immovable rod and click it, automatically you're not falling anymore. Or you can control the rate at which you fall. True. Mm -hmm. Or if you have nothing to affix rope to, you need to get up somewhere, it's completely sheer passageway. Right. If you have two of them, then you can just do the hand-over-hand climbing thing where you just, like Mulan... Almost. You click one rod in place, click the yeah. other rod in place. There's a couple different things you could use it for. So we talked a little bit about immovable rods and what fun they are. What fun. What fun. <laughs> oh, such fun. Um, <laughs> the other magic item is wondrous, and it's a little more rare. Uh, it is called a portable hole. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> I'm, I'm being completely... Honest and serious. You did that on purpose. It's called a... You know, I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> the magic <laughs> items that I picked out. Family-friendly um, podcast. So, the portable hole is... Yeah. It's fine black cloth, kind of like silk. And it's folded up, uh, like, into the dimensions of, like, a handkerchief. Like, so it can be folded. You know, like, those crazy, like, tiny tents that fold out into, like, a crazy... Yeah. It's circular and like in about six feet in diameter. It's like a sheet, basically. Okay. Um, you can use your action to unfold it and place it against a solid surface. And then it creates an extra dimensional hole, which is 10 feet deep. No. Yes. It's like... It's like, like you know, in old cartoons. Exactly. Like old movies, it's literally like that. Like the Roadrunner one. Yes, where you could just take a hole in the ground and move it to yeah. wherever you wanted it to be. There is an illustration right about here. Generally, it's used to throw a bunch of gold and magic items into to get the heck out of Dodge like really, really quickly. Because then you can just take the edges of it and fold it up like at the bag. Take it with you. And uh, the full weight of whatever's inside is not necessarily felt. Um, what it does essentially is creates a small extra dimensional space where you can chuck whatever you want to in there. Okay. Um, any creatures or objects that remain in the space, um, no matter what's in it weighs next to nothing. And I believe that, that a, a breathing, living creature, when they're inside of it, can survive up to 10 minutes, but then they start to lose air. Um, but pretty much anything else that you can fit in there, up to like 10 feet deep, is in there. And then it doesn't weigh anything to take it with you. 
Um, however, there are other magic items that have kind of an extra dimensional aspect to them where you can kind of stick your hand into a bag, a bag of holding, and pull out whatever you're thinking of as long as it's in there. Um, but it doesn't weigh anything or... Um, another one is called Huard's Handy Haversack. Haversack? Huard's Handy Haversack. Huard's Heavy... You have to say like Antonio Banderas again. I don't know. <laughs> don't want to attempt that. Uh, no. The danger arises is... Or what, what that can arise is if you take one of those items and you put it inside a portable hole, it, it creates a singularity and opens up a, a portal to the astral plane where whatever is near it and 10 feet of it um, basically gets sucked through to the other side and then the gateway closes and you can't come back. Oh. So it's almost like... Um, making a miniature black hole that is open for just a second, then you get sucked through to something on the other side. So, you know, if you have a party of people, somebody has a portable hole, somebody else has a bag of holding, generally those people staying kind of farther away from each other is a good thing because you could lose somebody and never find them again hmm. or have a really, really hard time finding them. Let me ask you this then. Yes. If you were to put an immovable rod inside of the... Hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you move the hole? Hmm. Or is it stuck? I don't know. Until you get the Cause rod out. Because the, the rod can take up to 8,000 pounds of force. However, anything that is inside the portable hole weighs next to nothing. Hmm. So... Somebody call Matthew Mercer and ask. Somebody needs to call, yeah, Matthew Mercer. Matthew! Matthew Mercer, for those of you who don't know, is the Dungeon Master on Critical Role and is generally accepted as the best by everyone. Also, my everywhere. husband's man crush. You know, not going to deny it. He's pretty amazing. Pretty good storyteller. And that hair. And that hair. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wish. I wish I could have your hair, Matthew. I don't actually yet. I, I have my own hair that I'm kind of happy with, and you have your hair, and let's just shine brightly. We like both have hair, and neither of us are bald. Yeah. That's good. It's a good thing, you know? Um, I don't know. Me as a dungeon master would probably rule that you could still move the portable hole, because it weighs next to nothing. I have to look here in the book for just a second. Um... I don't think it can be ripped either. By anything? Well, I guess if you could put a live like creature it. in it. Yeah, no. I don't think so. The crazy thing is, too, because there's an extra dimensional space. Extra dimensional space. Extra space. You can. Bless you, by the way. Um, Thank you. You can even fold it up if there's a creature inside of it. Okay. Like to the size of a handkerchief still. Right, but only for 10 minutes. Only for 10 minutes, and then they start to suffocate. So you could use it to kill someone if you really yes! wanted to. Yes! That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 8,000 pounds, huh? 8,000 pounds. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. You know, the other thing I just thought of you could do with an immovable rod? You know that part in the first Thor where Thor puts Mjolnir on Loki's chest, and then he can't get up at all? Mm-hmm. You could probably click that over somebody and they wouldn't be able to move. Oh, okay. 
good. You'd have to make sure they couldn't reach the button, because then they can just click it again. Yeah, but three to four feet. That's just not very long. You know what I mean? Yeah. It kind of depends what you're using it for. <laughs> I would say size matters in this situation. In this situation. Not in all situations. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything to talk about on that front in particular, but... Um, how would you rate a portable hole? On a scale of 1 to 10 in usefulness. 10. 10? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Yeah? Put a lot of stuff in there. Totally. Definitely. I, th I think it's better marginally than the than the movable rod but i think it's i think it's pretty cool i would want one actually yeah yeah can you think of how but how much stuff how much easier moving would be <laughs> you're right oh my gosh <laughs> moving we wouldn't have to put everything we own in a toyota taking out the again. trash oh my gosh <laughs> so many so many different kinds of possibilities what if you jumped into your own immovable no portable portable, portable hole Okay, wait. Those are one like thing boxes. is immovable. Yeah, one is portable. Okay, yeah. What if you jumped into your own portable hole? If you fell in or you jumped portable. in? I think that you'd have a hard time getting out. That, that would be where an immovable rod would be helpful, I think. Technically... With an immovable rod, you could fly through the air. You think so? Yeah, because if you're on, like if you're holding a bar mm -hmm. and you're hanging from it, mm -hmm. and if you kick your feet up, then you could just throw the top of your body that's holding the immovable rod and then just stop it at a certain point. Exactly. Think about the, the possibilities for gymnastics. And then go slowly higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. You could... Like, now I have to climb a mountain. You could just climb with the immovable rod. Although, if you let go of the immovable rod, then you're kind of screwed. Unless you've affixed a rope to it in the first place. Yes. Yeah. Or, yeah, glued your hands to it or something. Because your hands would get sweaty. Your hands would get sweaty after a while. Hopefully there's, like, some kind of sticky leather grip on it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you had little tiny immovable rods on your fingers. <laughs> to hold your you have to individually in. press each one to get yes. them to move and not move. <laughs> so we've got the immovable rod at an eight as far as the rating goes. Yes. And then we have uh, the portable hole at a ten as mm -hmm. far as usefulness in your opinion. Yes. Okay. So if you were faced with defeating a Remoraz, mm -hmm. what would you do? in order to defeat it. And would you use either or both of the magic items that we've so discussed to do so? How much does the portable hole weigh? Next to nothing. How much... Or, no, that's not what I wanted to ask. How much is... How much does Rodrigo weigh? Rodrigo, the Remoras, I believe, is a gargantuan monstrosity or a large <laughs> monstrosity is the technical term for is it. Is a gargantuan monstrosity? I think. I myself am a gargantuan, a gargantuan monstrosity. monstrosity. We're just going to double check. We're going to look at it in the monster manual. 
huge monstrosity. Sorry. So it's a little offended that you said that. It's Size a little offended matter. that it that I said that it was a gargantuan. Um, let me think here. Uh, our, a huge size. Most humanoids, humans, elves, dwarves, are medium-sized. And the next up is large. Mm -hmm. So that's about 10 to 12 feet tall. Mm -hmm. Huge is anywhere between, I want to say, 12 and 20 feet. So okay. it's on the upper end of 20 feet. So it's not that big, actually. Uh, it's big-ish. Well, yeah, but it's like the size of a shark. Maybe a little bigger than that because it's a centipede. Keep in mind it can swallow you in one bite. Yeah, but so can a shark. Yeah, I guess they don't generally. I guess it depends on the size of the shark, too. What kind of shark are we talking here? A 20-foot shark. A 20-foot long shark? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's about that big. Okay. <laughs> Except that it burrows through ice. Right. Yeah. Okay. How much does it weigh? Well, think about something that was 20 feet long and then also has like... Not 8,000 pounds. Not 8,000 pounds. Okay, here's what I would do. Maybe a couple thousand I pounds, would maybe not 8,000 pounds. Here's what I would do. Okay. I would jump into its mouth. Oh. Yeah, because let's assume here that I'm a dwarf once more. Or a gnome. I mean a norm. A, yeah. a norm. A norm. A gnome. A gnome. A gnome. Okay. Okay. I would hop right into its mouth. And I would trust one of my companions to give it 30 damage. <laughs> okay. So that it, it would just throw me back up, but while I'm inside of its throat, mm -hmm. I would press the immovable rod. So the rod's not moving, so when it throws up, only I come out, mm -hmm. and then I'm free, and then I would use my portable hole and I would put it around the Remoraz, and then since it has the rod inside of its throat, it wouldn't move. Yeah. So then it, it would just go. Well, it wouldn't move, or the the rod would not move. But if it did, it would just start to tear its insides up. Right. Past the rod. Yes. Yeah. Which would also be good for me. Yeah. In um, the long run. <laughs> in in the long run. Okay. And then I would just make sure that I hold it for ten minutes. Inside the portable hole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's six feet in diameter, so it, and it might can't fit. save itself. It can't. It's ten feet down. Oh, but it's only ten feet down. Shoot. Mm, it's right, well, too long okay. for your hole. If it has the, <laughs> if it has the movable rod in it, still not moving. Still not. So then I could cut it into pieces. Uh, it would be a long process, but sure, sure but you I could. could. I could. You just have to stay away from its mouth. Well, I mean, if I started from the back and cutting it into, into pieces. Wow. If I started from the tail of it, then it would probably be dead by the time I got to its mouth anyway. You know, most likely. <laughs> I would say it would be. I'd, I'd say that's a pretty effective way. Something similar happened uh, to, well, on Critical Role, that is. Um, mm. They also, I think, put a movable rod inside another creature and it went pretty okay pretty okay for them however the uh portable hole being only 10 feet deep does kind of bite you in the butt later 
was kind of by you. Um, but... And you just have to trust. That's quite a gamble, trusting that one of your companions can do 30 damage in one round. Um, or could it be multiple? Multiple people hitting it? Possibly. I think the specific rules for that ability are if it takes 30 damage before it gets to its turn, then it has to make a constitution saving throw with a difficulty of 15. And if it rolls above that, then it doesn't spit you out. But if it rolls below a 15, then it does spit you out. And 15 is kind of a little bit higher on the DC, so it's quite a gamble, but I, I think it would work. I think I think he'd be in good shape. So you as my dungeon master would say I would say that is a complicated if albeit successful way to defeat her oh, Remoraz. To vanquish Rodrigo. The Remoraz. I gotta say, I think it would work. I'm here for it. Well, that's it for this episode, and um, we will continue to be releasing on Sundays, I believe. Yeah, Sundays we we decided. decided. Sundays we decided we're going to be releasing, um, hopefully recording Friday or Saturday night and uh, releasing on Sunday for you guys to listen. So... So just to reiterate from the beginning of our episode, we do need a logo and a um, song. Not yeah, a whole an song. intro song. An intro song. So. Just a few seconds long so that we can put it in between segments and at the very beginning of our show. Um, so if you yourself are, tell- are inclined in that way, um, you can DM us on Instagram or you can email us. And our once again, our Instagram is explaining D n d um and our email is explaining d n d at gmail.com uh our podcast is now available because i got emails confirming this on pocket casts breaker radio public google podcast stitcher anchor apple podcast and spotify and probably any other place that you listen to podcasts although that's most of them uh, please, please, please share with your friends on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts with. Um, and you can leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you subscribe to our podcast there, please, please, please leave us a review, um, a nice review, um, or a pointer review, just no nasty reviews. Um, and tell your friends. And tell your friends. Tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your dads. It is our goal for this podcast tell to be... Tell your worst enemies. Tell your worst enemies, your sworn nemesis nem Nemesises? Nemeses. Nemeses. I believe. I believe? I believe it's nemeses. I believe I can fly. No? I believe it's nemeses. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but we want people who play D&D and know what's going on <laughs> in... Uh, talking about the rules and the different monsters and magic items in this episodes to be able to listen to it and laugh and know what's going on. And we also want people who have absolutely no idea how to play D&D or what it is to also laugh and know what's going on. So, yeah. Please keep listening and sharing. And uh, we will see you next time. See you next time. See you next time.